Hi, I'm Annabelle. And I'm Amy, and welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we rewatch Supernatural, then talk it through in the hopes that we can finally escape this show. Join us each week and leave comments on upcoming episodes, and together we can escape Supernatural Purgatory. Like we said last week, we did it! We're at the end! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! So this episode's obviously our our season wrap-up, so it's going to be a little bit different. You know, we don't really have any episodes to talk about specifically. We're more just going to go through, like, some of our highlights of the season, um, some of the plot points that... or plot points, meta, random... <laughs> facts and information <laughs> um, f- that we might have like forgotten about or missed in the season, and then just like a couple of our favorite moments and things like that. So, thank you for joining us on our journey through season two. <laughs> yeah, I think I enjoyed season two more than I enjoyed season one, just because some of the storytelling. As the actors get more comfortable with each other, like they already had a strong like brotherly bond on screen in season one. Yeah, I think also the fact you know they don't revere John Winchester as much in this. They <laughs> 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 they start to see him as a human he actually is. Um, mm-hmm. I think is what made me enjoy season two. Yeah, I I agree. I think. This is the strongest season in season one. I think it's basically all hits all the way through. Like, there wasn't any episode that I didn't particularly enjoy. It has its ups and downs. But yeah. um, I feel like season one had more of those ups duds. and downs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely had a few duds in there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it it must have something to do with, like, they understand who the characters are now. Yeah. Whereas in season one, they're, they're you know they're figuring out who Sam and Dean are, and you know how they how they were like. But like I said, there were, there were definitely times where it's like, was that really necessary? And I think we we've, we've brought that up in like um, born under a bad sign. Mm. That that's the one episode that I pro- I will probably never watch just because you know the the scene between Sam and Joe. Yeah, it's just. Not, but that, other than that, it's been all, all pretty good. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, with that, I think let's talk about each of our own favorite episodes of the season. I'm happy to start. I think. Oh, it's, yeah, of course. It's tough though. There's a few in here that I really like. You, you, if you have a, like a top three, maybe <laughs> if you want to say your top three, no, I don't mind. Okay, I'll talk about my top three. I think, hmm, in my time of dying is is one of the top of the episode of the season. Obviously, what is and what should never be, I think, is as well. I also really enjoyed. I don't know. I I like tall tales, like <laughs> Hollywood Babylon. They're all good. I think. Okay, all right. My top episode of the season. I think is Houses of the Holy. And I, I flip-flopped on this because it was going to be what is and what should never be because we'd like just watched it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But thinking back all the way through it, I think it's Houses of the Holy just because of how it fits into the kind of meta-narrative of the season, how it talks about faith, how it talks about angels. 
And it kind of really brings into contrast, like, Sam and Dean's characters, because they are separate people. And we were saying in season one that they sometimes really do mm-hmm. kind of seem very similar. But I think House of the Holy really highlights how different they are in their worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, it highlights some of some of Sam's issues with how he feels about himself, with the demon deal, like, you know, thinking that he's a bad person, that he's tainted in mm-hmm. some way. I think it deals with Dean's issues of just not believing in anything good <laughs> in the world <laughs> and some of his issues with over Mary and John. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a great episode all round. It's a little bit unsatisfying in the end, I feel. Yeah, I mean... It- I think we spoke about it. It was a kind of a growing moment for everybody in that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, yes, it was not like quite a fulfilling episode. It was <laughs> the character development was really good. Yeah. And I think that's why, I think that's why it's my favorite episode of the season. The character development really, really counts and it takes you to places later on and you understand then why they're making those choices, especially mm-hmm. in like, um, the last two episodes so all hell breaks loose you can see exactly why those characters have made the choices that they've made um, because mm-hmm. of moments I think that come from not just House of the Holy there are other points in this season but I think this is where it sort of solidifies and sort of crystallises their their characters and a lot of the traits that we see there really do carry through into later seasons as well mm-hmm. especially for no, I was going to say especially for Dean, but that's actually not true. I think for Sam as well, the idea that he's bad in some way and kind of tainted by this this demon, it it never really goes away for him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, yeah, I just love it. It's a good episode. It's a great Led Zeppelin song, like everything about it. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> and it makes it so much more satisfying to watch on a rewatch because you're like, oh, you don't believe in angels at all. And then you're like, but I know what's coming. I know what's coming. <laughs> the the thing that um that I'm probably always gonna remember from like going through that episode with you mm-hmm. is when the the scene when they're in the church and Sam points at Dean. <laughs> like that that forever is gonna just like stick in my mind. I know. <laughs> Father, that's Michael, right? That's right. The Archangel Michael, with the flaming sword, the fighter of demons, holy force against evil. It's genius <laughs> foreshadowing. Like, you can't it really is. do that level of foreshadowing on purpose. It has to be on accident, and, and they did it. And, <laughs> yeah, great. Great episode. My favorite episode, um, for sure. Nice. What about you, Annabelle? So, for this season... I think most people could probably guess what my favorite episode is going to be. Um, it's Bloodlust. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I guess for me, this was like, in terms of why it's my favorite episode, I think I think the casting was a really amazing yes. with this, like introducing new characters and new ideas mm-hmm. into the show was really important at this point too which also again leads into sort of everything that we learn about sam and dean with the fact that it's not black and white mm-hmm. there are shades of gray in yeah. between i don't know it's 
I, this so in the in the special features, there's a like a an interactive map, right? Yeah. I didn't go through all of them. I just went through like the first three, mm-hmm. and probably just because I wanted to get to Bloodlust and see <laughs> how like they spoke about it. And so it was a different writer who wrote like the outline, and then Sarah Gamble came in mm-hmm. and like finished it up. Yeah. And she was saying that you know they wanted to focus on Dean's grief mm-hmm. and like how they were kind of they were they were trying to make gordon like a father figure i didn't see that mm. i was seeing it more of as like a a companion like not a companion but like a a comrade yes okay so when they said father figure i was like eh, i don't mm, i don't think that got kind of crossed but they then they wanted to take it away from him i was just like well that's just rude <laughs> 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 give him a father figure then take it away but again so it's like i mean everybody knows that we're both Dean girls in this <laughs> podcast so yeah it's a very Dean center episode his again his character development in that you know after his big display of grief in mm-hmm. the last episode yeah. to then have this like moment of complete and utter shutdown mm-hmm. during his like vampire fight and then in the last scene of that episode they, li- they literally do night and day with yeah. him which mm-hmm. is like amazing so he's in the shadow at night and then in the light in like the morning there's like this halo that forms so as the light sort of hit the lens in the right way yeah and i was just like this is this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that was definitely yeah it was just it also highlighted for me how this show could be yeah like it was emotional it was dark it was funny Mm -hmm. it was like i said beautifully shot like yeah. it just had it had everything that made for me what made supernatural i agree with you you're right it's a kind of quintessential supernatural episode with the emotion it's it's not a monster of the week episode either mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone always goes on like oh supernatural is so much better when it was just monster of the week well no what you enjoyed was the emotional undertones <laughs> I do understand what they are saying with Gordon as a, a father figure. They were trying to show him as sort of a a John type. Like he came mm-hmm. in and he was almost like John Winchester. Like Dean's mm-hmm. just lost him and now there's maybe a replacement. But Gordon is all the bad parts of John and none of the good parts. Because Dean does see good parts in John, you know, like he does think that he cares about them as a father and that he has taken care of them mm-hmm. and trained them well, etc. Except Gordon doesn't have any of that kind of care and compassion that Dean maybe sees in John. Um, it's all yeah. about hunting. I do, I will give this to John. He he does instill a sense of protectiveness mm-hmm. in, in his kids. Yeah. Whereas Gordon doesn't have that. The whole thing with him saying that he killed his sister because she became a vampire. Like, mm-hmm. that that is never something that would cross either of their Sam and Dean's minds. No, exactly. Like, it would be find a cure, not kill. Mm-hmm. And I mean, okay, I'm, I'm being a, like, on John Winchester's side today. I don't know what's happened to me. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm watching Grey's Anatomy at the moment and he's playing Denny and it's like, <laughs> oh, I feel some things. I can't, <laughs> I can't uh, separate the two. <laughs> yeah, at the moment I can't separate the two. But, um... You have to say, and in what he said to Dean, it was like, if you can't save Sam, 
it wasn't like you have to kill him mm-hmm. now if if you can't save him and I think that's the difference between him and Gordon. Gordon would have just taken him out. And you see that actually in how he treats Sam. So yeah, I think that's interesting. But I don't feel like Dean has any regret in losing Gordon at the end no, of that episode. No, I think it's absolutely. Um, and then when you know when we see each, see the, the when they see each other again mm-hmm. in Hunted, you know, there's still a little bit of like animosity between, I say a little bit there's a lot of animosity between the two of them <laughs> and it's not just from it's not just from Dean I guess I guess Gordon feels portrayed as well because mm. he he thought that they were, uh, he he knew Sam was not as I don't know how to say this not as gun-ho mm. kill-happy I don't know he was not like Dean yeah. in hunting so he, you know, like we said, he's very dismissive of him. But he, I guess he'd also thought he found a comrade in Dean, and then to essentially be betrayed—I I say betrayed in quotation marks—yeah. Um, at the end of that episode, it's got to be pretty hard hit. Yeah, I agree with you. If you look at that episode from Gordon's point of view, he was hunting vampires, and the guy he was hunting it with decided to go soft and uh, go on, you know sort of side with the vampires so yeah uh no i agree with you great episode mm-hmm. beautifully short you're right oh that last that last scene with the sunset is just is all oh, the sunrise it's the sunrise right the sunrise yeah it's yeah it's too much <laughs> it is and like he dean's old jensen is looking at the camp like looking down the lens i'm just like <sighs> Fair enough. you can see it in my soul <laughs> For, definitely for for the fun episodes of this season, Tall Tales was definitely the best one, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, Tall Tales was the mm, the comedy jam in the supernatural sandwich. <laughs> 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 I think the usual suspect was pretty funny too. It was. Yeah. Um, I think it it was just like the absurdity of it all in mm-hmm. Tall Tales, like yeah. the. The way they kind of completely, they they had a fun with that episode is basically mm. what had happened. Yeah, um, like the format of the episode, the the idea of them like recounting a story and then mm-hmm. seeing their storytelling, yeah, abilities or like traits. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, with Sam being like this very camp bitchy. <laughs> Yep. Interpretation by Dean is like what? <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, just give me five minutes here. Dean, this is a very serious investigation. We don't have time for any of your blah 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 blah. Um, I just, I mean, just learning that he's an unreliable narrator as well, mm. it has quite a big impact. Yeah. I didn't think that would have such a big impact on me as it actually did. I'm like, oh, yes, Dean is an unreliable narrator. Okay, this is definitely, definitely very important, which is, it shouldn't come from an episode like that. Like, we shouldn't be <laughs> finding these things out like that. So, going on from our favourite episodes, we can go on to our favourite character moments. So, my favourite Dean moment, I have two. Like, I've, I've picked a serious and a funny one for each so my favorite serious Dean moment um, is the at the end of Everybody Loves a Clown. Oh, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's he destroys um, 
the boot of the Impala. Just something about that is just just tore up my soul. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he'd been putting on a front for so long um, and then it all falls apart. And it's just like, ugh, I just want to give him a hug. And be like, I want to say it's going to get better, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, no. <sighs> and then my, my favorite funny moment was in Hollywood Babylon where mm-hmm. he misunderstands sam's question about like how how's it how's it going yeah he talks about like the acting and like this the script and everything mm-hmm. <laughs> how's it going in here he's going really good man tara's really yeah. stepped up her performance and i think it's probably from all the sense memory stuff she's drawn on sense memory yeah dean you know when, when i ask how it's going in here i'm talking about the case right we don't really work here I don't know, it's just this, like, he's so ingrained in the culture and, like, he doesn't even register that Sam's asking him about hunting. He's just like, oh, no, yeah, no, the films are going great. Like, this is very fun. <laughs> he was so engrossed in being a PA. I, I love that episode, too. And then for for Sam, th- this is weird to say, but, like, I don't feel like Sam had very many on-screen serious moments. Mm. I feel like with the, you know, he hasn't gotten over Jessica, mm-hmm. but like that's what kind of made him very serious about hunting. So it was kind of easier to see like like his grief and, and stuff like that. Sam was definitely trying to be strong in this season, so it it did take me a little bit of a little bit of thinking on my favorite like serious moment, and I think it was it was like in Simon Says after. Mm-hmm. The jolly man, I've forgotten what his name was. Um, I want to say it was the mayor, but it's, it was a doctor, I think. Yeah. That, like the, the town doctor. Um, after he was killed in front of the bus. Mm-hmm. And like Sam's fallen apart on the side of the road. Yeah. Something about that. You kept him out of the gun store. I thought he was okay. I thought he was past it. At least... I should have stayed with him. I guess the the way it hit him so hard that he mm-hmm. thought he could save this person and then it just it didn't work out. Like he he saved him from the original vision that he had seen, but then he couldn't save yeah him in the la- in like overall. Mm-hmm. So I think that that moment was definitely like hit me the hardest with Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his funny moment, which is. I get I I mean it's also a serious moment but it's funny because he's drunk um <laughs> yes. which is in playthings yes when he is drunk you're bossy what you're bossy you short <laughs> are you drunk yeah it, it reminds me of like what's gonna come in season three where he like loses his shoe and stuff like that mm-hmm. like all of it reminds me of that kind of Sam. Yeah. Back then. So yeah, that was probably my favourite Sam moment. Funny Sam moment. I could see that actually. That's pretty that's a pretty good scene overall, I think, generally. <sighs> okay, let's go through it then. So Dean, favourite serious moment. There's so many in this. See, I was gonna go with the end of heart, but I think actually I think it's how Dean reacts to Mary in um what is and what mm. should never be. 
just the general leaning into face touches and the kind mm-hmm. of broken, lost little boy voice that he does when he talks to her. It's too good. Um, and it really yeah. does give. It makes you realise, because we kind of saw it in Home with Dean more than Sam, how much Mary meant to him. But mm-hmm. seeing her again in this way, where he gets to send, sort of like spend time with her almost, um, you see yeah. it even more. I'm really looking forward to like looking at their relationship in later seasons. Um, it's made me way more excited to, <laughs> to talk about that. Um, his funniest moment this season for me. Again, there's so many. <laughs> like they're constantly <laughs> making him do stuff. I think it's probably from Tall Tales and the whole like purple nurples thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> see. I kind of I took out most of Tall Tales yeah. just because of like the fact it's not a usual episode. Mm-hmm. So like, how much is that actually Dean, and how much is that Sam's interpretation of Dean? That's true. I mean, other than that, I think him just being so like geeky with Ron and the Usual Suspects is pretty good as well. Like. I quite enjoyed that. If we're going to yeah. take Tall Tales out of the equation, um, <laughs> I think that's pretty good for me. I mean, I mean, you don't have to. You can obviously do what you want. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted you. But yeah. No, no, it's fine. I get it. But I do fully believe that he was drinking purple nurples because they both brought it up. So, I mean. <laughs> for Sam, hmm, serious moment. Again, like a really tough one, I feel. Because you're right. Like, he doesn't really have many moments in this. I've already spoken about it, but I think his conversation with Dean in the church in the House of the Holy is a pretty good one. Mm. I don't suppose you asked what this alleged bad guy did. Actually, I did, Dean. And the angel told me. He hasn't done anything. Yet. But he will. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, I don't believe this. Dean, the angel hasn't been wrong yet. Someone's gonna do something awful and I can stop it. You know, you're supposed to be bad too, Sam. Maybe maybe I should just stop you right now. You know what, Dean? I don't understand. Why can't you even consider the possibility? What, that this is an angel? Yes. Maybe we're hunting an angel here and we should stop. Maybe this is God's will. Um, I think it's a really vulnerable side of Sam that he does talk about, but it doesn't often come across so emotional. Like, he's very detached from it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to see that kind of vulnerability, I think. And then... I guess my favourite funny moment for him. I think for me, it's probably his like flirting with Maddie and Hart, like seeing him into soap operas and that kind of whole dancing around each other. I think that was pretty cute and pretty fun. I did really enjoy that. Just mm-hmm. him getting well into it where he was like, no, I'm not watching this. It's just so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so great. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. But uh, yeah, it is tough sometimes to pick these out because often the episodes are so plotty um, I don't feel like there was as many moments where they were allowed to sort of like breathe and be themselves as there maybe was mm-hmm. in season one at times and I guess the, with the introduction of like with the introduction of the roadhouse and Bobby and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so it, give, it gives them more characters to play with essentially so it does let you know Sam and Dean sort of take a little bit of a back seat mm-hmm. like with the usual suspects that's like a very Sam-centered episode for sure, yeah, and has some pretty good moments in that. Mm-hmm. That's true, actually. He's but... pretty funny in that the way they sort of play off each other in the Usual Suspects is really great. Mm-hmm. 
I do. Yeah, yeah I did enjoy that a, a, a lot, a lot. It was great. Um, so, I mean, you said, said like about Bobby and sort of Joe and Ash and everyone. So, like this season, who would you have liked to have seen more of, do you think, from those characters? Oh, well, not just them, um, but any supporting cast. So, um, I would say, I mean, I feel like there should have been more of Ash, mm. for sure. He was really underutilized. I know he was very much, he's basically an ex machina. So, of course, <laughs> they don't, they probably want to not use him too often. Yeah. I think they referenced him a couple times in like phone calls that they've had. Mm hmm. Like he was, he was such a fun character to see on screen, and like you know, like the the idea of him being like this weird genius redneck. Yeah, I feel like they they could have played more with that. Mm -hmm. This kind of brings up something that Robert Singer had said in in the interactive map mm -hmm. about uh, in my time of dying. He had said that I don't I don't think I wrote it down <laughs> like word for word, but the gist of it was. There's a character the audience really uh, likes or latch on to. Well, well, we'll just kill them off. And he was he was talking in reference to John at this point. Oh, and I was like, who liked John? <laughs> there are people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I guess you know his hunting skills. But like, it's it is interesting that he, like how we 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 brought up how. John was similar to Gordon, but Gordon lacks, like, basically humanity. Mm -hmm. So I do wonder if, like, in the roadhouse, how, you know, how Ellen reacted to when they were saying, when Dean said that he was working with Gordon? Yeah. You know, he, I think she says something along the lines of, like, yeah, he's a great hunter, but you don't want to be friends with him. Mm -hmm. Whether that was the same kind of thing that John was, set, like, said about? Yeah. I think, well, definitely by Ellen, I expect, because of, you know. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I feel like John was very much like a lone wolf-style hunter. He didn't... Although they did have contacts, but I think you would make them kind of naturally with people mm -hmm. you work with. But, I, you know, I don't think anyone would choose to work with John unless they had to. And also, I guess, like, I feel like generally hunters... they I mean, generally hunters work alone right that's mm -hmm. the kind of general consensus right mm. so for for john learning his skills and everything he had two little boys with him mm -hmm. so i wonder how many like how much people like basically judged his uh parenting i mean... decided that not i mean i do it all the time but, <laughs> 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 but i'm i'm pretty sure like i mean I know Bobby hasn't said it yet, but mm. like we do hear a little bit about their childhood and like how Bobby basically made sure that they had somewhat of a childhood. Mm -hmm. Well, this is it. I mean, it is it is tough. I can see that that being that judgment from other hunters and things. It's interesting that Robert Singer said like, yeah, you get attached to these characters and we kill them off. It just shows their mindset, really. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine there were any second thoughts in killing off Ash. You know? Yeah. Where did that trope come from? Like, the idea that you have to kill off your most liked characters. Because, obviously, that... You see that, obviously, in, like, Game of Thrones. You mm. see it a little bit in Buffy, but not... With Buffy, it's more... I don't... I don't know. The, the last season of Buffy, there was definitely a lot of unnecessary deaths, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. But throughout the show... It almost made sense when certain characters died. 
it fit into the story and and like mm-hmm. we said like they, there wasn't really any necessity to kill off ash they you know it could have worked or they could have killed him off in a later maybe more impactful way that maybe mm-hmm. would have made sense to the story and you wouldn't have been as like dismissive but almost mm-hmm. and they do this i mean i hate to bring it up but i think of charlie her death was so yeah. unnecessary in the show it doesn't mean they they shouldn't they, I mean, they shouldn't have killed her off, but it doesn't mean they couldn't have, but they could have done it in a more impactful and related to the story way. Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. very cruel the way that they killed her off. And I don't know. I mean, the, the, initially in the first seasons, they're saying they're going for like a horror movie vibe. And I guess horror movies are supposed to be quite isolating, right? I think of the final mm-hmm. girl trope where you find you got the right. <laughs> the last woman standing and she has like almost mm-hmm. supernatural powers herself because she usually ends up like winning the day or whatever right but to get to that point of being the final girl she's had to lose everyone she loves and all of her friends so i wanted her if that's what they were trying to do with sam and dean in order for them to be powerful in some way they had mm-hmm. to lose everything that they loved and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's a trope. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the only the only problem with applying that to supernatural is that with with Ash in particular, mm. we see him in like three episodes or two and a half. Not even okay. You're gonna k- sort of kill everybody off, but mm-hmm. like in a horror movie, you only have an hour and a half to sort of sort of form a connection with each of the characters, and yeah. then they kind of get killed off. Mm-hmm. But like Sam and Dean don't really form a connection not really this is what i mean like i think they were trying to go for shock value it makes me wonder how much they're trying to keep it with other shows like when they did do some of these more extreme deaths like where were we in the game of thrones cycle (laughs) um that was definitely (laughs) during that you can kill off characters like no one's saying that you shouldn't kill off characters i'm just saying that their deaths have to mean something sometimes Especially in yeah. stories. Like, okay, yeah, real life, it, it can, it's terrible. But like, in a story, it has to, it has to have some bigger meaning or it has to impact the characters. But Ash's death is literally boiled down to Dean saying like, oh man, and then that's it. It's almost like yeah, he was considered a tool and he ran out his usefulness. Uh, yeah, and that's how the show treats side characters sometimes. I mean, a lot of yes. the time, there are tools to be used and then discarded yeah. when it's good for them, and it's not really thought on on how much people connect with those characters. And you know, I think it's a it's an interesting early blueprint for how the show deals with um, recurring characters that aren't Sam and Dean. Um, yes, we should have known better that they were going to treat them with any <laughs> lo- love and affection. <laughs> <laughs> so, one character I would have liked to have seen more of and like controversially maybe i don't know is joe because she was only in two three 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 episodes this season the reason why is because i think in born under a bad sign there was stuff that was not resolved between her and dean and i don't necessarily talking about like romance i'm just talking about how they kind of treat each other and Mm -hmm. the same between her and sam because some stuff went down between them that was not cool um, I feel like yeah. they, they never resolved that, really. And I mean, she already has a low opinion of them mm-hmm. after it was revealed that you know um, John got 
<laughs> her dad killed <laughs> exactly so i would have liked to have seen them resolve some of that and i feel like we don't see joe in season three so we have to wait a long time for her to come back and then for them to talk through that but i don't i don't know if they do either either um, I, I just i i feel like i did enjoy her in no exit I feel like she added a dynamic to that. I like it when they have a third person with them or like someone else with them to like play off their Mm -hmm. dynamic. I like the little sister energy she brings, the kind of protectiveness she brings out in Dean, the kind of like, and the same with Sam actually, like he is protective over her, like the, but he's sort of more, Caesar is more of an equal, which has very like middle Mm -hmm. child energy for Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. so yeah, I think it's a shame. I mean, maybe Alona Tal was off doing other things, which good for her considering how they mm. end up treating her character. But I mean, yeah, I think they could have explored that a bit more. I mean, other than that, I think if we we should talk about how we feel about season two. I mean, generally, any things that we missed over all of the weeks that we've been talking about this, anything we feel like we <laughs> didn't get to discuss in because the episode was already too long. <laughs> so I guess the, the the thing for that I tr- I'm trying to wrap my head around is the generations thing. Mm. Cuz I know it gets dropped like completely. <laughs> like what happened to those kids? Like would they develop their abilities or because the demons now gone, they don't. Mm. Let's just say it straight out. Season two doesn't fit into the big meta of Supernatural. If you stop and you think about yeah. it, it doesn't fit. <laughs> no. No, we we already kind of touched on this a little bit, but like, if Sam was always supposed to be Lucifer's vessel, mm-hmm. well, they've just killed him off. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a big whoopsie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whole, like, you know, I do find it, I do find it kind of interesting that like, so we've already mentioned about how uh, Sam points at Dean and says, is this Michael? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there is that kind of same foreshadowing for Sam. I mean, hmm. you could point to that moment and say that it's foreshadowing because the painting that he's pointing to is like Michael casting down Lucifer. So we find out that Yellow Eyes is like a pretty big player in hell, right? He's like a prince of hell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he should have known the plan, you know, Lucifer's vessel bringing on the apocalypse. So why is he doing this whole side gig of like bringing up a big army of demons, etc.? Mm-hmm. I think we were talking before about whether or not this was a seal um, as well. I can't honestly remember if it was a seal to start the apocalypse, like opening the gates of hell. It's possible that it was. I don't I, I don't think it was. And I don't think it was because I think that Dean breaks the first seal. So but okay, okay, let's try and fit this into the big meta. Let's try it, let's try and do the work that the writers never <laughs> let's did. Put a, <laughs> let's put a square thing in a circle box. <laughs> exactly. Let's do it. <laughs> I think maybe Sam was just unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Because they have this whole bloodlines thing of them being the true vessels for Michael and Lucifer and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of this. 
But that was always going to happen anyway. That bloodlines happened. But what I think they didn't account for, maybe, except is that Mary would make that deal. So Mm. maybe that wasn't part of the heaven and hell's plan maybe it was part of chuck's plan but like maybe it wasn't part of a heaven and hell's plan that that was you know that should all happen at once because ultimately (laughs) that whole thing really kind of uh messed up the whole apocalypse deal because if if sam and dean weren't hunters the apocalypse just would have gone down for sure right (laughs) yeah i mean they they would have no reason to. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Yellow Eyes liked Sam. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. At what point did he like Sam? Uh, how long has he been watching the Winchesters to yeah. realize that Sam was the best option? Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why he had to get rid of Jessica. Like, had he, Sam just had an apple pie life and gone to college and mm-hmm. or stayed in college and all that kind of stuff and ended up marrying Jessica, like, would he have been the favourite still? Well, this is it, because was he the favourite because he kind of, like, realised he was Lucifer's vessel? I this is I don't think that they could have known about that. Like, during this whole, this whole storyline, I don't think the demons mm-hmm. knew that Sam was Lucifer's vessel. No, I don't think they, so. They can't have known, because they him dying at the end of season two can't happen. <laughs> yeah like i feel like yellow eyes would have intervened and like Mm -hmm. basically the deal wouldn't have had to wouldn't have had to happen Mm. unless we have this wrong okay okay right this my brain is working while we're talking was the bloodlines (laughs) thing just for michael and Hmm. because and i say that because of adam and adam was never lucifer's vessel so does that mean wait i'm going with something on here does that mean that sam could have been michael's vessel if he hadn't been corrupted with demon blood maybe that was the plan maybe the plan was to corrupt one of michael's possible vessels with demon blood um in order Mm -hmm. to have a, a vessel for lucifer yeah maybe it's very confusing huh. though because they do say it was like it was all predestined and it was always going to go down this way and like your whole uh, family has been leading to this point of you you being Michael's vessel and you being Lucifer's vessel. Never mention Adam being a possible vessel for Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So maybe Sam could have been a vessel for Michael, but they just How corrupted him. I know. <laughs> Someone's going to correct me huh. and be like, no, this isn't the case because of this, um, this, this, and this. And like, please do that. Um, because, well, so that it doesn't, it doesn't make sense because, well, I, I, uh, I don't know enough about like angel hierarchy or like things, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that Lucifer is supposed to be the eldest angel, mm-hmm. like the first angel. Yeah. Right, I I don't know. I feel like he's on par with Michael. I think that's why the whole showdown was going to happen. In in that sense, surely Dean should be the vessel. Like if you if you're going by like age, mm. you would think that the older brother would be for the older angel. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you look at different like 
TV shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I, because I have no interest in going looking at Angel Hierarchy, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and whether it's even like something that is written mm. in some form of text, I don't know. To me, it would make it would seem to be that maybe in Supernatural, Michael is the older brother. Mm. So okay, they're like their true vessels, right? They're mm. not um, like they can have other vessels. I- it's really tough. I mean, obviously, with the whole like brother showdown thing, they are trying to do a Cain and Abel storyline, which obviously becomes actual storyline sort of around season <laughs> ten. But um, I just think in order for you to have to fit this season into the kind of biblical storyline they go into, you have to do some kind of mental gymnastics to get it to fit, because. And kind of make up your own headcanons around it because they don't, I don't feel like they really address like why it was okay for Sam to die at the end of season two if he was going to be Lucifer's mm-hmm. vessel. Unless, yeah. as I said <laughs> previously, it's all been predetermined because maybe Dean didn't know at the time that if Sam died, he was going to go make a crossroads deal, but maybe some higher power did know him well enough to know that he would do that and laid the mm-hmm. kind of foundation for him to do that we kind of find out that's true when we're introduced to chuck like chuck complicates supernatural in so many ways when you're doing a rewatch mm-hmm. because you have to wonder how much of their actions were their own and how much were predestined that they would always do yeah. that or like at least pushed in that direction i think with chuck I don't think it's like he writes it and it becomes true. Like, I never really t- t- took it as that. But I feel mm. like he's kind of guiding their path in a certain direction to make it almost the most likely outcome that they'll do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if also, because Chuck's book starts at season one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do wonder at what point does it is it like a a history to a fiction mm-hmm. book so at what point did chuck become involved in say like you know he he wrote season he went back and wrote season 1 to the point that we meet chuck mm. because rob benedict doesn't believe that chuck was god right he thinks that he was mm-hmm. a he was a prophet and that then God took that vessel because it was mm. almost poetic in how he did it. So I, I mm. think that's interesting that the original Chuck was a prophet um, and was just seeing these things happen and writing them down. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we find out the existence of God later on becomes more like, okay, yes, he was writing them and recording them down, but how much was like the higher power kind of... Mm-hmm. like it what's the word orchestrating that and i think it's really interesting when you look back at these first seasons because you kind of understand the kind of existential crisis that dean went through once he realizes that this was all kind of predetermined because you're like well you know he'd be thinking did i actually choose to make that crossroads deal or mm-hmm. was it something that i was always going to do it it really like Free will really is the theme of the show. <laughs> um, 
this is why you can kind of fit you can fit season two into the narrative in that it was all building to this last point that Dean was going to sell his soul for Sam like Mm -hmm. all of that and it doesn't really matter who was vessel for who or whatever later on because it was all just coming to that point and that's the bit that I needed to get to right Mm. in reality it's more just like the writers (laughs) didn't know what they were doing (laughs) I mean, this is it. We're talking about like this is real, but what's actually happened was we're trying to retro, at, like retrospectively look and try and make it make sense with later things because the writers didn't know where they were going at the time. So I mean, honestly, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a and fun I, exercise. You definitely, definitely. Like, no, I mean, I love it. I love talking, like thinking about it, even though it does like melt my brain a little bit. Um, <laughs> Especially in these earlier seasons, mm. it's a it's an interesting one for sure. I wonder if if Azazel ever got any crap from Lucifer for like killing off, <laughs> killing <laughs> Sam like later on. Like, what were you thinking? You killed my vessel. What what, what was going on here? What were you planning? Well, Azazel's dead. That's true. He never did get that. He He's never in the empty. His ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> like he never went back down to hell to to go see lucifer yeah um so okay though where is lucifer in all of this he's he's not locked away right yeah he's in the cage yeah he's in the cage oh yeah because they they go through all of this so that his Mm. his cage will be released Mm -hmm. i do (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm i'm gonna say something that is controversial yet brave (laughs) chuck is a dick (laughs) that's not controversial (laughs) <laughs> I know. I was joking. I was joking. I was being sarcastic. Because, <laughs> um, like, obviously, he God, uh, like Chuck, God, whoever was supposed is the one who originally put Lucifer in the cage. Is that my understanding? Is that how that happened? I don't. Remember. I don't know if that's ever explained. I think my, Michael uh, casts Lucifer down from heaven. That's biblical, but I don't know. In the show, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking back to like fifteen nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. God is God is around. Yeah. But like doesn't do anything about Lucifer. Like <laughs> at all. He literally brings him back. Yeah, he doesn't care at that point. He's just trying to like end he's trying to end it. He's because he's had enough. He's trying to end it. He's gone on too long. <laughs> Basically, Chuck is the writers. They they found nowhere else to go. They're trying to end the show and the characters are fighting them in trying to end it. Imagine writing a book and you're trying to write the end of the book and the characters are like, no, you can't finish the book because we'll die. Like, that's basically what's <laughs> happening here. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. On the, on the topic of 1519, I, I had another kind of... There were a few things in this season that relate to um, the end of Supernatural um, that we didn't talk about in the seasons. Well, we did, but I cut them. Um, so <laughs> the first one being... I hate even talking about it. The first one being Hollywood Babylon. Okay. And Mm. there's a few things that kind of tie into this. End of Hollywood Babylon is them walking into a fake sunset as the end of the episode. Okay. The second thing I want to bring up is in the commentary for what is and what should never be. Kripke saying that it's basically a Western. Supernatural is basically a Western. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then thinking about how westerns end. So generally they end by 
people walking, riding off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 1519 ended with them driving into the sunset after their big win, after a, a montage, which I have mm-hmm. mixed opinions of. So my question is to you. <laughs> <laughs> With all the leading up of like, this is a Western, and there's there's jokes about it later on as well when they actually go and be cowboys and go back in time and stuff and walking into fake sunsets and all of this. Why wasn't 1519 the end of Supernatural? Because for some reason <laughs> in someone's mind, that was not an ending. That 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 was basically it. Like they couldn't they couldn't leave it to be them driving off into mm-hmm. the sunset. They just couldn't leave it. And I don't know why, because nothing about 1520 mm-hmm. made sense. No. I mean, literally nothing about it made sense. So the the only thing it does is enable the idea of spinoffs. Yeah. Which the sunset would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everything that they could, they ex- quote unquote explored mm-hmm. in fifteen twenty, like mm-hmm. the the idea of Sam growing old and having a family. Yeah, they could have done in a spin off series. Well, this is this is the thing because if they had ended on that amb- ambiguous driving off into the sunset ending, I actually think that's more conducive to spin offs and continuations than the end of fifteen twenty. It's like they wanted to kill it. Like, they wanted to end Supernatural yes. and say, no, no more. We're not having any more of this. This is it. This is mm-hmm. how this ends. You don't get to decide what happened. Like, th- we're, we're telling you this is it. My tin... I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat for a second. And <laughs> honestly, I feel like 1519 was supposed to be two episodes. There's so much crammed yes. into that. And, like, it's paced so weirdly... And, like, things happen at really odd moments. And, yes, they finished off the lore or whatever. And then they have, like, a weird montage at the end that feels like padding. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... It's like they were trying to condense and string everything out all in one episode. It's a really, really odd episode if you go back and watch the pacing of it. And mm-hmm. it feels to me like that was supposed to be two episodes. And that they cut it down to be one and then wrote 1520 afterwards it's like oh no we need an episode to fill how are we going to end this i <laughs> i'm not sure how much of a tin hat theory this is because i was talking to annabelle about this before on the actual box set of the dvd like the, the dvd series that we have mm-hmm. the shot that they use for the promos the shot that they use on the dvd box art is them driving into the sunset like it it's it's yep. it's weird to me. I mean, it's so it's a, it's a different road, but mm-hmm. the the idea is the same. Yeah, it's not the exact same. It's not the exact same shot from fifteen nineteen. No, you're right, but the idea is definitely there. They call it the end times. Well, that running off to the, off into the sunset is as a good at end time as anything. Mm-hmm. Like having having the end of fifteen twenty doesn't. That doesn't feel like an end time because you've just now opened the idea of them being in heaven. <laughs> like it's It's just it's just odd to me. Like I feel like 
that that 1519 was the final shot of Supernatural. It was actually the ending that I always thought there would be. I could see the walking off into the sunset mm-hmm. and it was kind of alluded to, not just in ba- Hollywood Babylon, but I feel like it's brought up again in other episodes that this could be the end. It it does it really doesn't make sense as well. With Jack becoming God, mm-hmm. he he knows Sam and Dean, right? <laughs> At, especially in the, in their their later years. Mm-hmm. He knows what they're like. Yeah. I don't think Jack would have wanted Sam to live alone in the way that he did. No. This is it. it, it, it it's so, like, 1520 is weird. To me, it's not canon. I, I think 1519 was fine. It was weirdly paced, but it was fine, and the ending was good. And I like that kind of ambiguous ending. And they've done it before mm. in so many seasons. I don't see what the problem was with it. It was just, like, Hollywood Babylon really kind of ping something in my brain that made me relate mm-hmm. to that because it's like oh yeah you have been joking about ending the show like this for a really long time like <laughs> the, season two Kripke's referring to it as a, as a modern western like mm-hmm. that that's how westerns end the trope is you ride off into the sunset so I it it doesn't all add up to me that it it wouldn't end like that anyway I mean mm-hmm. I, I'm going off on one about it but I mean I think it's important to think about because like so many people were unhappy with 15 and 20 that uh, it does make me wonder about it. Conventions are coming mm. up soon, people. Ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame that it's just the act. I mean, yes. it's amazing that it's just the actors, mm. but it, it would be nice to actually have some of the writers be able to go. Yeah. And to get their true opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to hear John Shaban's interpretation even sarah gamble like i know she was all gun ho for like killing off characters too yeah. but like she, i feel like she would have more of an attachment than kripke does because i feel like after kripke left he was kind of like oh you can do what so yeah i think so as you will i think after uh, you know i think ending a show is a big responsibility but i would like to hear them defend their work kind of thing and yes. if they honestly truly believe that that was you know it that was always how they wanted to end it and this is why like I actually want to hear like why they think that and not necessarily to be Mm -hmm. argumentative and disagree because I feel like at the moment we only have the fan opinion of it and I'd actually like to hear from the people who worked on on that and be like well why didn't you end it with the riding off into the sunset after all this Mm -hmm. this kind of foreshadowing to that or why did you decide to have vampires as your final like monster of the week all this kind of stuff and i I feel like they're valid questions that the again like the actors can't necessarily answer because they're not as involved in the writing process well they're not really at all exactly you know i guess that's why it's nice to have have it when some of the actors are actually directing because you can ask them about those specific episodes season two is great it's interesting how it fits into the finale (laughs) It's interesting how it fits into the other seasons. I think every, nearly every episode in this is a banger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really enjoy like the introduction to an, a network of hunters, mm-hmm. the the recurring cast members, the supporting cast members, just everything. Yeah, I think it was all a step in the right direction. Yeah. and this season definitely feel like season one doesn't feel like supernatural. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. 
But season two definitely starts to feel like Supernatural and yeah. what we come to know as Supernatural. Yeah. And honestly, I think I, I think it's the introduction and the like staying power of Bobby that does that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That that is definitely he he is as much supernatural as Sam and Dean. I would totally agree with you, actually. I think Jim Beaver brings something to the series that he just we needed someone to care about the characters in the show, right? Mm-hmm. To show us why they're important and why we should care about them and I mean they do that all on their own, but Bobby brings a perspective actually in the narrative of why we should care about them and why they're important people and just adds a facet to their character. I do love Bobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like it's the beginning of um, this idea of found family. Yes. Oh, Annabelle, you're so right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Bobby coins the famous phrase eventually. He does say it, mm-hmm. you know, and because it's true for him. He, yep. Bobby doesn't have a family in the show, right? He doesn't have any blood relatives. Sam and Dean are, are his family and he found them. And yeah, I, I said free will is the theme of the show, but at, you know, found family is, is there up there. Part of the free will element of the show is the choice on who your family is, like the free mm-hmm. will to choose them. And I feel like that theme is like is the is a theme that carries for most people. Yeah. You could you can come to the show and just watch it for, you know, the the attractive actors, the scary storylines, the monsters. But like I feel the thing that sort of cements fans and the people who want to interact with conventions and all of that mm-hmm. is that theme of found family. Yeah. And I think that's why like people who've grown up with the show are still so connected to it because found family becomes most important when you're an adult, right? Once mm-hmm. you've moved away from your family and you know, you've moved out of your parents' house and you have to find your way in the world, like the people you choose to surround yourself with are your family and they're the most important people to you. And that's why yeah, I think so many people stayed with the show because that theme resonates with with people so so strongly so from that very heartfelt topic (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about the gag reel (laughs) let's do it let's do it (laughs) um so there's there's a couple standout moments for me i wrote them down Um, okay my favorite the favorite gag for each of them for Jared, is always gonna be when he can't open the the window. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's I think it's it's not just the fact he can't open the window; it's the fact that I think it's the camera operator. Yeah, is like cussing him out, like swearing <laughs> at him, just like get the beeping window open. He's like, I can't do it. He's getting so agitated, and like he gets so agitated, the window frosts up, and he like smacks the window to like wipe off the the condensation. It's just oh. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like they they are li- like they are messing with him like so yeah. so so badly. Um the other one is where I 
I feel like Jared shines in the gag reels. Like, <laughs> this not actually connected to what I was going to say for my next favourite part, which was where he falls through, like, the fake door. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, that. I can't remember which, which episode it was from. I think it was No Exit. No, actually, no, it wasn't No Exit, because he doesn't have the cast on. But it's... <laughs> And he's just like, whoa! And he like disappears. And Jensen's genuine like laugh <laughs> was, uh, was the best. For me, it's Jensen's like genuine reactions to things that yes. makes it funny. Yeah. Um, so like the the prop bit um <laughs> where he's like he ends up breaking the prop. Yeah. Essentially. And He's like, oh, are you, I'm sorry, do you want to do a thousand props while you have say your lines? <laughs> and, then, and then the last one is the rock, paper, scissor bit where he's yeah. like, no, wait, we're supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> yeah, he's very sincere. It's, it's, uh, what I think's funny about that with Jensen is you see him like immediately drop out of Dean. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he goes from like <laughs> Dean face to immediately like Jensen, like, no, wait, we're supposed to be doing this. Like, what? <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I don't know. I think my favorite bits was like there's a good like two minute montage of Jensen eating stuff on set. And, okay, look, I thought about this when I was watching it, and they both give Misha a lot of crap for choosing that voice in season four and then having to carry it all the way through to season fifteen. And I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Jensen can't really talk because he chose to eat something in season one and had to continue that for 15 seasons. So, yeah, you all made choices. (laughs) 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 What do you think Sam's choice was? Like Jared's choice? Um, Yeah. 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 (sighs) The face. The concerned face with the, like, eyebrows. Yeah. Like, I wonder what actual wrinkles he has from having to make that face so much. Like, <laughs> does he have, like, a Sam wrinkle? From from the gag reel, yes, that, the eating, you're right. The genuine, like, when they drop out of character is really funny. It's longer than the season one gag reel, for sure. So they were mm-hmm. saving more stuff already. I would love to see... And I, I hope they do it in, like, the 10-year anniversary at the end of Supernatural. I'd like to see some of the stuff that they cut from the original gag reels. They must have... I, they fun. must have the secret crew gag reel that's, like, an hour long. Surely. Somewhere. Probably. Probably, I want yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But, I mean, overall, with the, with the gag reel, um, I found that, like, you know paying so much attention to each episode mm-hmm. as we like go through them yeah watching the gag reel is easier to spot when yes which gag reel goes to which episode mm-hmm. and like what part yeah um and also like again paying attention to who directed and wrote episodes and things like that yeah the bit in heart like the outtake for all the the gag reel from Heart, mm-hmm. where Jared's like, "I love you, Kim." Like when I when I first heard that in the first the first time through, mm-hmm. I thought he was talking to the camera operator. Yeah, but he's not. He's talking to the director. Yeah. So like, it's just it's just fun to like sort of co- uh, correlate those those things together now. Definitely. Um, yeah. That that whole bit was I don't know made me feel very awkward because <laughs> he's like staring down the camera like making kissy faces to Kim Manners. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, that episode was so um, 
was so dense and mm-hmm. like serious that I feel like those are the episodes where they have the most fun because they have to. Uh, yeah. And I think they said that when they're doing these kind of heavy episodes, sometimes they'll just do something to kind of make the crew laugh because it's so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like yeah. either Jared or Jensen has said that before that were kind of like mess up on purpose just to kind of ease the tension in the room. Ah, yeah, I love it. Gag reels are great. Best thing about Supernatural, gag reels. Do love them. (laughs) Definitely. So, I think we've wrapped up season two. We talked a lot about the finale, but I feel like we wrapped up season two. (laughs) (laughs) So going forward, you know, looking forward to season three. Um, This one's going to obviously be a lot shorter because of the climate um, of TV at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, you know, as, as you know, there's the writer strike that had happened. So this uh, this season's only 16 episodes, so it's a little bit shorter. I'm looking forward to them, like, continuing to explore the B-plot mm-hmm. yep. of season two. I can't remember if they bring up, if Gordon comes back, but I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing how they kind of conclude that. Yep. Seeing more of... Uh, Bobby, obviously, because mm-hmm. we all love him. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm having so much fun doing this, so you know, I'll keep going. Like, I don't mind. Yeah, and then the podcast coming up. So next week we have a kind of season fifteen overview with Jay, um, who is the Pixel Gore who designed our beautiful logo art. Um, this is kind of our special episode for around about November fifth. I think this will still come out on the Sunday but we kind of want to do a special episode as it is an important date in the fandom. After that, we have kind of cut bits from the episodes and kind of some fun bits where we mess up, like we did last season with some bloopers, which I hope you'll enjoy. And then the week <laughs> after that, we're going to take a break before we start season three. Um, so we won't upload anything that Sunday, um, but we'll be back on November 28th with an episode. So yeah, I'm giving you f- way ahead in the future. But um, we just want to know how we're going into season three. Awesome. You know, we'll do our usual sign off. We can, you can find us on all of social media, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Search for <laughs> Escaping Purgatory Podcast. You know, we have this new kind of cool feature on Spotify where, you know, we can ask you questions. So definitely have a look, see what the question is. Or if you want to leave a comment on one of our YouTube videos, they, they usually come out the week after. So, Purgatory Pals, we made it to our second rest stop. Uh, we can wait here a while before continuing on on the next part of our journey. Thank you so much for joining us so far. And hopefully next time we can escape supernatural purgatory. Bye. Bye. Bye.